2: Uh
1: good evening everybody. Today is Tuesday, January twelfth, twenty eighteen. And we're here tonight with Walter Check. June. Oh yeah, it's June, thank you. See, I forget what I'm doing. It's June twelfth. <laughs> Two thousand eighteen. And, Walter, you're going to talk to us tonight about motions to dismiss. Uh, yes, I have a whole bunch of things about this. See, when people go to court before they go
3: into the court, there's typically a number of defects in from the paperwork that was submitted to them from the attorneys or the opposing side or the plaintiffs that are suing them or the state or whatever, depending on whether it's criminal or civil. But the problem is that the motion dismissed, when it comes in, it's a very critical thing. If it's handled poorly, it'll always lead to failure. If it is handled properly, it should be able to solve issues right on the spot before anything goes forward. So your best bet is to have it done properly as far as a major consideration. Uh, Now, I dig up some material. This is from New York, and this is a primer on on uh, motions to dismiss. I'll read some of this from from this uh, document, but also I'm going to intersperse it with some material I just did for a, a client this the other day for motion to dismiss for his case, not using his name, but using uh, some of the principles and some of the items that, that were put in there. Uh, to put in the case, in his case going to, uh, should be heard tomorrow, so I'll find out tomorrow. So with the, with the motion dismissed, uh, this is in, in New York, They has the Civil Practice Law and Rules, which is CPLR, and that provides a procedure to bring a motion before answer for judgment dismissing one or more causes of action that are asserted against the party. Now, now we have different uh, codes in each state, and this one is CPLR Section 3211. Uh, This, in New York, is a primary section available by which to seek early claim dismissal, though there are a handful of other possibilities mentioned, and the cause of action subject to to dismissal under this rule includes counterclaims, cross-claims, and third-party claims, and Although substantial, substantive or procedural issues may fall uh, within the ambit of a motion to dismiss, more often than not, a court's analysis of a motion to dismiss will be limited to review of questions of law. A question of law typically involves application of a statutory rule of law or case authority to undisputed facts or to facts which there can be no legitimate dispute. A court will generally loathe getting involved in interpretation of disputed facts at this early stage of the litigation. So the major thing, you want to hit the court with this as soon as you can once you you stipulate all of the factors leading to this motion to dismiss. So you can can basically put put this behind you put it behind them. Uh, indeed, a, a shadow of a question of fact will quickly derail a hopeful motion to dismiss as well as a well pleaded cause of action for a variety of reasons it may not take much to uh, defeat a motion to dismiss if the motion is not properly analyzed. Now, there are several grounds uh, for a uh, motion to dismiss, and I'll just, uh, I'll just read each of these off. One of them is using uh, one for documentary evidence, another one is for lack of subject matter jurisdiction, the next one is lack of capacity, As another one is another action pending, the next is prior proceeding, the next is improper counterclaim, another is failure to state a cause of action, another is lack of personal jurisdiction, another is improper jurisdictional service, Next is failure to join the necessary party. And the last is immunity for voluntary non-profit officers. Now, what I'm going to do on my one tonight is I'm going to concentrate on one of the most common ones, and that is the a failure to um, a failure to uh, actually give a proper claim um, in this matter. So um, this, these are all major things in here as I go down the line. Uh, now um documentary evidence though is, is is one key thing as well. And a motion dismissed may be premised solely upon the existence of documentary evidence. Now this could be based on terms of written contracts, judicial records, uh you know, deeds, wills, mortgages and, and written communications and such. It should be noted that an affidavit cannot by itself qualify as documentary evidence. But generally speaking, the affidavit is the most common way of laying foundation for a document so that it may be considered by the court for purposes of obtaining a dismissal. The prescription against the use of affidavits in support of a motion to dismiss for legal insufficiency should not apply to merely foundational affidavit used in connection with documentary evidence. These documents must establish conclusively as a matter of law that there is no legitimate claim. That is, the document must provide for a complete defense, leaving no triable issues. So in the case I just did, for example, uh, over this weekend, the attorneys submitted a complaint and basically there was no verifiable claim he had one statement after the other it was like 44 pages with 114 paragraphs listing one statute after another after another after another as if this is supposed to show that the party committed all these infractions but in fact that it there was no such statement and the document was not submitted under the penalty of perjury, and no no corroborating evidence, so it was really worthless. So I did a motion to dismiss uh, based on the fact that there was no claim. Uh, there, was no, uh, there was no there was no there's a failure to state a claim in there. So uh, that's a very very few thing. And if you don't have that, then that's bad. Uh, the other thing too, I uh, found in the one I did. It was so long that it really was going against court rules because these, uh, these documents need to be simple of just maybe several pages at the most, 144 or 100 pages or whatever, because it never gets to any point and it just takes up the court's time. So basically you know, something like that, the document needs to be sent back to the attorney who who did this and basically have him take court, take him leave of court and redress the redress the issue and come out with a much simpler document to actually uh, list all of the uh, items that he is uh, supposed to support with proper evidence. And uh, see another one is a uh, lack of matter jurisdiction. Uh, lack of matter jurisdiction. They also serve as a basis for a motion to dismiss. A motion on this basis attacks the court's very power to even hear the matter. Now, one example this is this. When people are in court uh, or before and the questions are being asked uh, either on paper or in person uh, of view or person being attacked, you ask, you know, by what... Jurisdiction, are, are you relying on to ask this question? They have to show their jurisdiction that, that, that they have. They can't just force you to do this and that because you're not their your slave. You're not their slave, so they have to show what jurisdiction they're relying on. and Typically, they don't have any. Now, uh, along with the lack of matter, lack of matter, uh, subject matter jurisdiction, the uh, termination of a motion here will likely be determined by reference to the Constitution, statutes, and occasionally the rules that confer the jurisdiction. Thus, a motion to dismiss for lack of subject matter jurisdiction will be granted where exclusive jurisdiction of the type of claim is given to another court, such as matters subject to administrative determination, claims subject to sovereign immunity, or an area where the legislature has provided for an executive remedy, as with the workers' compensation law, this objection cannot be waived. Subject matter jurisdiction cannot be acquired by consent, stipulation, waiver, or estoppel. As such, it can serve it as a basis for dismissal at any time, even after the answering time has expired, or even for the first time on appeal. Uh, I have a lot of material to cover tonight. I just wanted to see if anybody has any questions so
1: far. <clears throat> if you have any questions, hit star 8 on your phone and we'll call on you.
4: Okay, California. Go ahead.
5: Hi. Hi. Um... Regarding the subject matter jurisdiction, is that in state and federal court in bankruptcy that's, court? that's
3: for state, state and federal court. That's both. Okay, they have to have the subject matter jurisdiction there, and oh. again, that can't be waived.
1: It cannot be well, waived.
5: If, if you have a case where they got uh, an ER order and you were never notified, and it was in someone else's bankruptcy, whose bankruptcy had been Dismissed that day, and the bank uh, applied to have this ER order. Um, And I claimed that the judge never had jurisdiction because my property was never transferred to this person. It was never put into her bankruptcy. She never mentioned my property address. Um, And I took it all the way to the bankruptcy appeals court, the Ninth Circuit and they refused to hear anything else about uh, the case. They refused to allow me to file anything. Uh, They claimed that I was properly served because, and that I failed to turn up because they invoked what they call the mailbox rule, which states that if the bank or corporation or whatever puts something in the first class mail, uh, then you are deemed to have received it. And they refused to uh, accept my sworn affidavits that I did not receive it, that I was not in the state when this alleged uh, transfer took place, a uh, document was signed. They say I have to give clear and convincing evidence that I did not receive it, but I'm not sure what evidence you can give to prove a negative and um, I've now written a writ of surgery to the Supreme, U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the mailbox rule or change it, but to know at the moment, it's just, just been filed, but how do I get by the appeals court and the I filed for an unbanked hearing and they refused it? I well, claim the judge never had jurisdiction and they claim she did.
3: Well, in that in that case, it, but basically, uh, they are denying your due process rights. It's very, very clear and Correct. simple. And now they're basically they're committing a bill or writ of attainder. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. Well, they're coming in and making a ruling denying your due process. You can look up all the different rules or, or or the or the um, definitions dealing with writ of attainder. Or, uh, or,
4: um,
3: uh, in this area. attainer okay. is a t t a i n d e r. Okay. Okay. Now, when they do a writ of attainder, that's unlawful. or totally unlawful. Now, that is a, one reason for having a void judgment. Now, do you know what a void judgment is?
5: Yes, and I thought that I should be able to avoid the judgment because there was fraudulent documents submitted in the yes, court, yes, and they uh they said no,
3: okay, well, well, thing of it is they the judge the judge in the court is making an unlawful legal determination against you without your consent simple, okay now there there are reasons that you can go against that judge and escort officers for doing this by charging them with treason under the Constitution. Why treason? Because they did not because they violated their known legal oh, they they violated their sworn oath to protect all of their rights under the Constitution of the United States of America. That's number one. Number two, they they committed misappropriation of funds taking funds for, for doing their job and they're not doing they're not performing the prescribed duties by law uh, for their job and they're doing just the reverse. okay? Another thing they're, they're committing criminal conversion. They're work as a fiduciary uh, for you and course being in the court, and they're basically stealing your property without your consent. You can look up the different terms on that. Okay, they're also operating under false pretenses. Uh, see, they're also entering documents, false documents, into the court uh, with, with court stamps and basically making false statements. They, they can be liable like five years in jail for that alone. That's what they and uh, each of these things are a and They've been going to jail for quite a long time.
5: Well, I filed a complaint to the um, state bar about the attorney that submitted the false documents, and they, of course, did nothing. Um, yes. they, but they did. I did write to the California Supreme Court, and they said well, that I can file a formal complaint with them, which I'm trying to get around to doing after I've written my writ.
6: Well,
3: well, well. All of this falls in the fact that
6: when court
3: officials, such as this, basically commit an act which is not in accordance with their sworn oath or with their sworn duties, okay, they they are basically stripped from any immunity, and you can sue them or lien them in their individual NSA capacity, and they're basically you can be held harmless for doing this because basically you're just protecting yourself from these people. Now, I've got, I put together a notice of lien, which is, which comes, it's a notice of claim of non-lease pendants lien, which then leads to a claim of non-lease pendants lien. Okay. Do you know, happen to know what a non-lease pendants lien is?
5: No, I know what
3: a list tendency lien is, but I don't know what a non tells lien Okay. A non list tenants lien is a lien that you can put against someone basically based on a private contract where uh they where you can put them on without using the court, but but conversely the court cannot remove it either. You're the only one that can remove it. As as a result of a violation of a private contract or conformance with a private contract Depending what you what you look at, so if the if you come in and say if you contact me without without uh, proper proof of claim or, or move against me in any manner or assign this case to another party without without proper uh, delegated authority uh, or you don't sign these papers and verifying each of the statements as for as being true, complete, certain, not misfitting under the kinds of perjury. Uh, I'll assign you a substitute debtor and substitute defendant in this matter, and you also be subject to a a lien that I, that I will determine. And actually, I will rely on the case of Mafias versus I. that's M-A-C-I-A-S versus I, IHDE, uh, where basically the judgment was like $15 million in gold against the party for for due process violations, I would take triple the amount of the amount of damages for compensatory and then basically tie in seven times for punitive, and then you have other other uh, damages for uh, criminal conversion and all of the other things I mentioned
6: before.
3: It could be quite a tidy sum, and basically you're demanding the whole amount to be put in one lump sum for your full settlement closure. Now, um uh, this can be done through the paperwork and basically once you once you mm-hmm. notify them and they go forward on this anyway if they're dumb enough to do that, uh then you put Well they've the already payment. taken my property? Well that's fine. So you, so you take the, the amount of the property and have all the all the money you put into it, okay, and multiply times three multiply times three for compensatory at least and then add and back to the fifteen million in gold, okay, to add this together is quite a bit of money. And uh, also notify the three foot reporting agencies and last but not least you, you contact your buddies called the IRS who could work for you in this matter because you say that you 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 want to um, report a crime to them that this this party or parties have Have uh, willingly not paid income tax on these stipulated amounts on these liens which they haven't paid, and you like to have at least a 10% retainer fee or finder's fee for this, so so they can have some fun with three and four letter agencies. So there's there's all kinds of things go around uh, in this process, and and they can't be held harmless as well because basically they damaged you in a number of different ways you're simply trying to the compensatory damages and other damages uh for their um for their criminal acts so this is one way to do it i, I blew out a, a billion dollar company uh 10 or 15 years ago like this and after i put all this paperwork in i notified their major contractors of the of the problem they all of their major contractors dropped them like hot potato and thirty to sixty days after I put the paperwork in the place was a ghost town, and there's still more employees and nothing so Well, so could do that with all it. the
5: banks attorney firms
3: <laughs> well, they could do that with that too yeah
4: yeah so
3: so these these attorneys are vulnerable and they're they are not the brightest stars out there in the box. Uh, they they are mostly narcissists, and, they turn, and most of the judges are narcissists. If you know what the narcissist is, if you don't know, you look it up. Uh, basically, people that think they know more than they should, they wouldn't have control and power over other people. Uh, that's why they're in these positions. They they have the assumption, and they, they make the assumption that they know more or better or they have... More um, ability to handle people, but the actual um, truth is just the reverse. Uh, their their production is lower. Uh, they just have the give people on the outward assembly of them that are so not normally involved with them the idea that they they know war and they're very powerful, but actually internally they're very weak. Uh, yeah, so the the
5: secretary of treasury is uh, Stephen office. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I, I was going to go into that. that. This is covering more, of it, more than the subject I went to as far as this goes. I was trying to cover the law here much more effectively. And there's a lot more I could talk about all night uh, about this kind of thing. This, what, what's happened to you is happening all over the place. Uh, with some of the clients that I'm working with, they, they're not even told of the hearing. The court is telling them the wrong date and time of the hearing they're supposed to go to. So you have to take away there. your due process. You well, don't I, have due I,
5: process when you don't
3: I, know. I know. I know. I, I'm trying to deal with these issues. Well, that's why I'm using these methods here for, for notice of lean and claim of lean against these parties. I just had a party that I talked with this, just this last week. His son uh, was picked up and he was struggling in jail for three days and they wanted to prosecute him for a felony. For having a, a uh, unlawful drug and, and having a weapon, that he had. Well, first of all, he had a prescription for one bottle of pills uh, because he had a, a real bad, a lot of pain, and he had a prescription for it. And he had a permit to, to, for carrying his pistol, which is like a nine millimeter. And the, and the police came in. They were trying to make all of these charges. That he was trying to sell drugs and you know for one bottle of prescriptions that they found and then and then he had the legal weapon well, what happened was the plan i had i talked with him he he did the i told him that i did a notice of lien for another situation he was coming against some other public official. so he wound up reworking that lien for dealing with this court situation and his attorneys he showed this to the attorneys that are involved in the case they read it and they 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 just they had this case dismissed just, just as fast they could move because they realized they'd be in, in harm's way for being hit with millions upon millions of dollars of damages they couldn't remove and the case was dismissed just like that i know the stuff works okay uh, it's just oh, but I people, have to hope
5: that my writ of certiorari to overturn the mailbox rule or to change it is uh, heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. It's only a one percent chance or less because I filed well, a pro se. Well, well,
3: well, well, so, well, you never want to file pro se. And I'll tell you why.
5: Well, because I had no so, choice because I couldn't get an attorney that I could afford to well,
3: do Well, well, I I understand that you know ninety nine or ninety five percent or more of the people in this country don't know anything about law. And if and, you and think about this, how many people going through grade school and high school and college are required to take law courses?
0: How many?
5: Well, no, but if, if you don't have, I, I mean, I, I had a, an attorney wrote the circuit split part of my writ uh, because that was way too complex for me to write. Yes.
3: Um, so you did I, write I, that. Okay. Well. Well. Regardless, the fact is that most people don't have the legal background no. to deal with these issues. Okay. Now, I I never went to law school, which is a good thing. Is if I did, I probably wouldn't be on your side. I'd be on the other side. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: what?
3: What? Uh, what I've learned is from my personal experience and also. Resulting, you know, later on, initially it was not on the Internet, but through other people I knew and working with. And uh, other people were interested in studying law, and that's how I got into this uh, over 20 years ago uh, as far actually much more than that, but as far as where I started doing paperwork, uh, at least 20 years or more. Uh, And by conversing with other people that were similar-minded, and them coming up with other types of paperwork as well, and, and then uh, thinking on my own as far as putting together other types of paperwork. And my particular strategy has always been using or demanding a claim and proof of claim from the opposing parties to verify that they have a legal position. And if they don't have a legal position, they have no standing. If they have no standing, they, they can't really be in the court. So, when you have a case, there's three major things that are needed. You need a verifiable claim. Yeah, that needs to be supported as uh, evidence through direct cross examination to verify everything is police, certainly so not misleading. Number two, the opposing party coming against you has to have a bond to protect you in defense if they do illegal procedures which are uncommon or harmful to you uh, through. Through uh, through processes which are are unde- are not delegated or like this, uh, where they have no no delegation of authority, and lastly they have to have a remedy. So if any one of those elements are missing, they don't have a case, right? So.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: so but is you is said
5: you you recommend people don't file pro se. So how can they file anything if they they so don't have yours. So is so yours.
3: So oh pseudo.
5: Jurors. Jurors.
3: Oh. Jurors. Yeah. Okay. Under pro se under pro se the parties have to be uh, basically you're saying if, if I'm following pro se number one, I'm representing somebody. Okay. Well actually mm-hmm. I can't do that because I if I am myself going in there, okay, I am not representing the legal fiction. <laughs> I'm going there as myself I always present myself in the case with uh, – I present myself in the court with my case. What is, the, what is the difference between saying that and saying I represent myself? I'm just asking you know, um, a you
5: know. I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't uh, be able to give you a, a good answer to that be, without looking it up.
3: Okay. Well, let me – for the case for the case of brevity' because this is only like an hour show altogether when you present yourself you're there you're there as yourself you if you present yourself you're, you're there you're there in behalf of someone else okay so if you uh-huh. present yourself in the court the as as uh, the court rules are basically you state that uh, Equality is mandatory and paramount under the law, the other side has to present itself. So if you have a, a company, let's say, State Farm Insurance, or you have a, a, a California uh, or whatever state it is, or Department of Defense, whoever it is coming against you, okay, they have to come in there as themselves as well. Now, can a fiction talk? No. Okay. They have to have someone talk for them. You need... So is, they're always presenting the fiction coming against you. Do you not have the right to challenge your opposition to find to verify their facts, right? You have, should. Do, okay. Well, that's how to do it. You come in there
1: as yourself. So we do have somebody huh. else with their hand raised, by the way. Okay.
3: I I talk all night about this, but anyway... Um,
5: yeah, very good. Well, thank you. You've right. given me a few little things there that are very good. All
0: right. I just okay, got to there's...
1: figure
5: out how to keep going.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I must say, okay, who's next?
1: Okay, Arizona, go ahead.
4: Hello, how's everybody tonight?
1: We're doing good. Oh. This sounds like a new voice. It's
6: hard. Walter, didn't uh, we discuss this in one of our other classes here that what you, you don't ever represent yourself pro se, but you represent,
3: you're the counselor. No, 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 no. You don't represent anything. You're there as yourself.
6: You present yourself.
3: Present. Take the word represent out of your vocabulary. Okay, present yourself to court as a counselor, is that correct? No. You present yourself as a man or woman, as the case may be, with your oh. case. Okay. Now if you uh, if you when you go that. when you go into court and the judge whoever says are you are you John or whatever your name is on the back, I'm not going to say either. But are you John? Okay. John X. Okay. Then you say, are you addressing are you addressing the living man or are you addressing a a decedent or a fictional entity? Now, either way, he's messed up. If he says, I'm addressing a fictional entity or decedent, okay, then you say, well, where's the birth certificate for that name? I believe that name that you're looking you're looking at that name on your paper. I am not a decedent and I'm not a fictional entity but I'm a living man. If he says you're a living man, you say, well, there's no parity between a corporation and a living man, okay, in this administrative court. Show show me proof where there's parity between the two. They can't do it.
4: All
3: right? Right. I, I try to make things really simple for people is, uh, I used to, years ago, to come up, there's really long statement, so it'll go on and on and on, but uh, 99, thirds percent of the people, when they get up there, they just freeze, you know, there's a the, uh, Gila monster, no, no.
4: <laughs> no, So, it's a big so,
3: So what you do, is I try to make it really simple for people to move forward in
4: this, all right? Okay, That's great, thank you. All right, any more all questions? Yeah, California, go ahead. Oops. California, you're just muted and unmuted. Go ahead. Uh, Your phone is on mute, maybe?
1: Your phone just muted and unmuted. Go ahead. You had your hand raised.
4: I'll do it again. Your phone might be on mute. Unmute your phone. You're just muted and unmuted. This is the last time we're going to do this.
1: Okay, we go go to the other California. Okay, California, your phone just unmuted.
4: Okay,
6: um, Walt, so for people, can you hear me? Yes. Great. So listening to the discussion, if you've got um, a situation like the lady that just talked or mine where the foreclosure has already happened and then we get together with you, then is it essentially that once we're working together, you help us, you create the paperwork for us to go back against the party that actually foreclosed or did the wrong against us and reopen that. That's it? Well, it's it's not a
3: matter of reopening the case, okay? Okay. Uh, Their their courts are corrupt as you can – they more corrupt than you can imagine. Basically, they came against you in their individual capacity without proper delegated authority. So you're coming against them in their individual capacity big time for – for due process rights violations and basically giving you a bill of attainder in the process of violating your rights. So, so basically, you're hitting them in an the individual capacity because you can't really come against the office per se because it's not the office position to be able to, to be able to come against people's rights. It's the individual in that capacity who's doing it. So
6: that's who you come against okay so i can't speak for that woman who just spoke but like for me with it going to an appeal and there were essentially three superior court judges sitting on this panel that ruled against me yes. um even though okay well, so we would in be, some
3: of you, you know they ruled against you probably uh, by just making a legal termination and not considering the evidence that was presented throughout the matter or throughout the case and when they do this, basically they're putting their neck on the line uh, to be chopped off by you for violating your due process rights, and they have no immunity. Period. None. Okay. So and there's were, all kinds of there's all kinds of court cases I have about this.
6: So, so, so not to ask you to look into the the future, but once we start working together, then say, in my my situation, we would be writing letters to those three judges stating where they, uh, the things that you mentioned earlier, you've come against this person wrongfully unless you sign under penalty of perjury, Um, your tacit approval would then allow us to reverse everything that had occurred? That's the ABC that I don't quite get. Well,
3: they basically basically are liable. I'll, I'll give you an example. I've used this example hundreds of times. Let's say you build a really nice house. Let's say you have a million dollar house or ten million dollar house doesn't matter. Then say so you build a really nice fence around. Not a fence, but let's say a big wall. Let's Say make it fifteen, twenty feet, okay? Or make it make it huge. It doesn't matter. But then you take a vacation. You come on back for two weeks. After two weeks, and you see your neighbor it's coming down and tearing down your wall piece by piece with a bulldozer. Now, he was doing it just for fun and just because just he had nothing else to do and he's bored. Okay, poor baby. So what you do, if you, don't come up, if you come up there and say, I'm going to give you a bill right now and better be paid for the wall to be damaged, or you can say, well, I'll just give you another chance and next time you do it, I'm going to bill you. Which one would you do?
6: Well, so I'm hearing you say, and I think we would all like to give him the bill right then, put the lien on him like you're talking about, this non legal payments right. rate, That's and right. then the settlement offers that you're – or not settlement offers, but I haven't looked up the, that one, Mac v. Hyde or whatever. But so you're saying once we lien their property, we may get paid, we may get – we may not, or at that point we can – move forward with the lien and do foreclosure sales? or Well, that's well, yeah,
3: that, that, that's, that's one approach. And, and there's another one I have, is basically it's an abatement you can put in. I have my friend that's done this twice, and there's major cases in foreclosure in some other areas where it was given to the judge, and basically they just saw this, and the next day they came in and re- reversed their position uh, for the advantage of the defendant. Okay. So this this is another way possibly to do it. Okay, it's not coming in using any of their law at all, but it's coming along from the biblical perspective. Totally different. Okay, so I'm looking at all I'm looking at all different angles, but I'm trying to find lawful procedures that actually work. And it, just because you have something that that you're using that is not generally accepted by the legal profession doesn't mean it's not gonna work. There's things that do work, and most people don't know. And again, there's things that you know that you know, things you know you don't know, and lastly, things you don't know that you don't know, and that's a, some of the areas I deal with in that last area. So, so I, I come up so, with some law methods, too. But.
6: Well, these court cases you're, you're quoting or citing, they make sense, and so if I'm hearing you right, you kind of hold our hand as with the appropriate paperwork as we're making this challenge. And like, say, in that situation with the woman and, and myself where the house is gone, you know, but we know wrongs were done, we yes. lean the other people and hope that, like you said, these folks see the light or whatever and go back into court and reverse their decision, whether it's been 10 minutes or right. five years. Right,
3: right. And, and I, I never know. I I, mean, I do this paperwork, and everything I do is lawful. I do the best I can as far as pulling everything together, but I can't give a – a true clad uh, guarantee of anything, because number one, I don't have a crystal ball as far as knowing what's going to happen in the future, and number two, there's so many variables involved with this. I, mean, I, well, know, so I know the I know the court should be able to rectify the situation if they're given the evidence, but there's one major dinosaur ruling the court system. You know what that is? Uh, money, yeah. right? Uh... Now, the, the, the name of the dinosaur that is destroying the court system—it's called the Corruptosaurus. <laughs> okay, brother, right. the Stegosaurus, huh? Well, no, no, Corruptosaurus—that's the worst one. And it corrupts everything it touches. So, they, they so trying to I... kill, they're trying to kill the Corruptosaurus. I know. It's, uh, so we're going.
6: So we work together. We throw a bunch of spears in this Corruptosaurus hopefully they either see the, the biblical light of things, go back in and change it, or we've got their property lien. So if they ever do sell it, we get paid. And if not, well, we won on paper, and we've got liens against the folks who wronged us. It sounds that's, like that's,
3: that's, that's, the, that's the strategy.
6: Okay, that makes sense. That does. Thank you. Thank All you right. very much.
1: All right. Does anybody else got any questions? Uh, hit star eight.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Southern California, go ahead.
5: Um, hi, uh, it's me again. Um, if you would like to give that uh, gentleman who just spoke my number, maybe he and I can help each other with what we're going through because I just filed in the California Supreme Court for an appeal for my case and I went up against the Second Circuit of Appeals Court on my own and of course they did exactly what they did to him. Um, but I wondered if you to, uh, also um, heard of Rick Lee Abrams. He is an attorney in Southern California who writes extensively about what he calls judicial corruptionism. He believes the whole system is entirely corrupt, and it starts from the top with um, the Chief Justice of the California Supreme Court. He's uh, He sent me a bunch of his articles that he's written, and uh he said, "It's unless we all stand up, all of us, and fight, then this country's lost because, he said, um, they, they don't want us to win.
4: Well, and that, an that's
3: exactly, fighting exactly this. correct. I, I mean, that's, that's one reason I'm doing the shows and doing paperwork and trying to get people more, more knowledgeable to stand up. as a person didn't have the very best paperwork and I can do some very good paperwork for people, but people who don't have the guts to stand up to do anything, they're going to lose automatically. There was a case I did about three years ago for a person that was very, very intense paperwork, and I got some some good money for it. But the thing of it is, I went through the whole process with him, and he said he understood the process, and I said, Here's the paperwork, file it. And he says, I'm not going to file it because I'm scared that might throw me in jail. Really? You know, on a probate mm. case? You know, so uh, he he was lying to me, or he, did, he he couldn't confess that he didn't know what was going on, and so so he's going to lose automatically. So so sometimes you have to have more guts than brains. Not that you're not smart, but you have to have the guts to be able to stand up for what you're doing and not just sit back in an easy chair and say, well, you know, there's another day, and, and but but the other day is not going to come because you're not standing up.
5: What if you file against these attorneys and, and judges? And uh, like in my case, they've tried already to have me labelled in the courts as a vexatious litigant. And well, then, then,
3: then, then, I had a situation. I talked with one of my clients the other day, and they. I, this was a comment I made after this happened. And they went in, and they said, "You are." He said he was a um, a terrorist, uh, this government. And so, so my 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 comment was he never defined the government, and so he should have said, "Are we referring to a communist government? Yes, that is a terrorist government, and I'll be, and I'll be happy to be a terrorist to any such evil out there to make it right." That's how I would say that.
5: But how do you get, it? if the, the court actually approves the paperwork of the other side to label you a vexatious litigant, once they, they've they, done that, again,
3: again, you can't again, file again. Uh, again, okay, again, what you do, if they, if they want to play that game, then you go on the, you put liens against them. You, do, you give them the notice, and then you give them a lien. Okay? And they can have a party trying, they can join their hands and trying to figure out how to get rid of it, and they won't be able to. They can have,
5: and so you've got to find their property, though, to be able to do a lien. Well,
3: ideally, yes, but a lot of people have it hidden, but they have it in trust and other, other particular things like that. Now, there are there are uh, documents in California. Uh, oh, gee, I, I came across this. Uh, there is... Um, they have to do these, these documents uh, showing their... A document of, of economic interest, I believe. or Yeah, it. it is. They have, Financial they have to standing have the, and economic. Financial standing. Okay, so I think it's a Form 700, something mm-hmm. like that in California. Anyway, something like that. Uh, each state has one. They have different names in each state. That's the problem, trying to find it. But they have to have these on file. So so in, in the initial part of the dealing with the judge, you come in and say, I... I accept your oath to to protect all of my constitutional rights under the, under the Constitution of the United States of America and the state of California, and I bind you to it. So he's bound to his oath, dealing with you. All right, and mm-hmm. on top of that, uh, if he's an attorney, uh, as well as most of them are, there's an attorney questionnaire you can give them, as well as an attorney questionnaire to all of the other attorneys coming against you, which they have to fill yeah. out, uh, and it shows all their, all of their, uh, a, a whole bunch of different items in there. If they have a license to practice law, and they don't, uh, none of them have a license at all. It's all, uh, it's all uh, fabrication. Uh, hey, we do way, have somebody
1: way, else that's waiting, by the way. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Next. All right. Uh, New York, you're next. Um, go ahead.
0: All right. Thank you for taking my call.
4: Can you hear me well? Yes. Yes. Um, so since we're talking
0: about a motion to dismiss today, um, I got a traffic ticket um, in Brooklyn for passing um, a comp, basically, because they were going slow. And I got uh ticket for disobeying payment markings and it's my first time uh getting a ticket like this and I'm trying to see what I can do without you know, paying and submitting to the um government because there's like um you know, you get points in, in, in New York City and stuff like that, which I want to avoid. Um, what's the right way of doing um motion to dismiss that is effective and what issues can I uh, come you know, uh, what issues can I face um while doing so?
3: Well, well, several several things you can do uh, dealing and now when they're coming against you. As far as the they they come against you and they, they put your name in all capitals. Do they not?
0: Uh no, actually, no. It's uh, written by hand. They're not capitals. No. No
3: as, no, as far as the court goes.
0: As far as what goes?
3: The court case they have. Mm-hmm. They always write your name in capitals. Do they not?
0: Yes, that's yes.
3: Okay, all right. So that is not you, okay, number one. So when you're in the court, the judges are you so-and-so? You say, oh, are you are you addressing the living man or are you addressing right. a fictional entity? You'll say, well, if he addresses the living man, well, uh, then in that case, you say uh, the living man has no... There's no parity between a living man and the corporation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can't deal with you. This is the wrong court. Then okay. you say you say it's a fiction or a decedent. You, know, you say you say is this a decedent or a fiction? And they say it's a decedent, for example. And you say, well, where is the proof that where is the death certificate? Okay. For the name that is on your paper for for the decedent on your paper, I don't know of any decedent. Uh, I am my decedent, you have proof that I'm a decedent okay and then okay. If, if you do if you are staying on a decedent, then you have to you have to send a creditor's claim to the executor of the estate, which needs to be processed through probate, and then if this is the case, this is the wrong
0: court. Mm-hmm. Okay. What right. about, What about is it possible to do this on uh, via the the uh, mail? Um, everything will have to appear in court. There's no other way.
3: Well, you can you can do it like that too. Uh, another one uh, you can tie into. You can say, uh, "I am the I am the um, executor and personal representative of the per the executor personal representative and the." beneficiary of the state and I assign you as trustee, or you can say i i, I am the um, I am the executor and no i no I am the delegator and assignor of the trustee of the you whom you are addressing, and I'm assigning you as trustee, referring to the judge, okay, and I order this case dismissed with prejudice okay all right he's a you basically he made he's made the trustee automatically not the executor he has to take your order okay and there's and a whole bunch a whole bunch of different ways and, and then you never want to you never want to go in and testify because in order for you to testify you have to the the claim that the claim has to be entered as evidence and verified before you before you become a, do any testament or documentation or, or do any uh, testament. So what you demand is, you know, I cannot make a legal, legal termination uh, as far as pleading, okay, because I have never seen the evidence presented before me to verify to, to, to verify each of your claims under the penalty of perjury, and your failure to state these claims under the penalty of perjury is basically is your is your uh, statement that you are I mean is your settlement statement that you have just become the substitute defendant in this matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Okay. I think there's a whole bunch of things you can hit. I mean, I'm just screaming,
1: you know, going on. All right. So, does anybody else have any other questions? Hit star eight, please.
4: Okay, California, go ahead. Thanks.
6: I was going to ask, Walter, you know, these hours go by so fast. And have you ever thought about doing like an afternoon workshop or a Saturday, Sunday workshop or something that? a local, I don't know, conference center or park or whatever? Well, well, I
3: live in a very small town in Arizona, so hardly anybody would attend. If I, you know, either that or people have to travel hundreds of miles to well, get here. That's the I problem. think
1: what we might do is uh, a webinar at some point. A
3: webinar would work, but as far as having just a physical location it wouldn't work. I mean, all those people would like to have to spend a lot of money traveling everywhere in Arizona and, uh, and visit and have a nice place to go to, and then, of course, it'd be a lot of money for the place. And I don't okay, just
6: because right. I I thought you lived in that really pretty part of Arizona where it's like Southern California, people are like, we're on a budget. But if we could get there and stay in a hotel for a day and spend like eight hours with you a Saturday and a Sunday and just have one hotel thing, well, well, maybe, we'll is, we'll
1: have a um, we'll have a webinar. Here we'll go over some stuff. Um, yeah,
3: webinar would be. As I'm being I'm being hammered day and night by people as far as doing the legal cases seriously, and you know to be able to do that would be nice, but it wouldn't be too practical.
4: Okay.
1: All right. Thank you. Okay, and we go to Eagles Group. You're next. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Okay. What's your doing? question?
2: Okay, yes, I do. I have, uh, I, I respond uh, a long time ago about a ticket. And, uh, and instead of saying that I was the defendant, I said that I was the uh, respondent. So I believe that makes a, a lot of difference in between respondent and defendant because I am really not defending myself and I am not their defendant. So yeah. I I... I I said that I was a um, uh, uh, well I said it before defendant and respondent yeah, yeah
4: it, it doesn't
2: is he much better
4: well well
3: still the word respondent is so fictional uh, as well as defendant yeah uh, what you would what I would say is I'm just a man
2: okay well but I I said my I I blah 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 my name. And I said, the real-life of human put being... Put down
3: it. claimant. You're the claimant. You're a claimant against them. You're a claimant against them because they never showed any claim or proof of claim. The most they have is the complaint. The complaint is not trumped court claim. So you can put your name as claimant.
4: Hello, oh, are you still there?
2: Uh, yes, I, I am, yes. Okay. Well, so, as claimant or as, a, or, or as a respondent, I'm responding. You're the.
3: you the, When your paperwork with them, you're the claimant, and they are the respondent. They're supposed to respond back to
4: you. So you you're the you're always the claimant, and they're the respondent. Mm. Okay. Okay.
2: You're, now you're yeah.
4: the, you're the you're the claimant and the declarant actually. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you have anything on on on, uh, on this case, uh, for example, the wording that we have to use in order to uh, uh, do the wrong thing, saying something that is not right? Do you have something to guide I have us?
1: All,
3: I have all kinds of things about that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I have all kinds of things about statements and courts, et cetera. I mean, I'm refining the statements constantly. Because things are always changing, and it's just like uh-huh. the stars. The stars don't stay in one position; they move around, just just like the stars do. The, the legal cases and the concepts and all that are constantly changing, so I'm trying to keep up with it.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know because they change, so we have to change. Uh, what do I see then? Uh, say again. Where do I see? Those forms or how to?
2: Uh, if you sell it, how do I buy them? Well, I, I have some of
3: the stuff I have. I actually wrote a book. Okay, and then you can get with Tad and you can get it. It goes into all kinds of things. The book is approximately 500 pages. Okay, it's called, how many it's about, pages? It's, it's, it's approximately 500 pages.
4: Oh. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you you should should wait in two weeks.
1: So you can get with me through the website if you want that. But we do have some other people waiting.
2: Well, okay, okay. I already have that webpage, and I am one of the new members that you have. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Okay. Okay, thank you for your uh, answer.
1: Thank you. Okay, sure. You're welcome. Okay, California, your turn. Is that me? No, not yet. California, your phone just unmuted. If you're trying to mute out, it's star six, not star eight. So it's star six to mute and unmute. So if you're trying to mute, all you did was raise your hand. So, okay, to the gal that said, is that me? Go ahead.
4: Hello, Walter. Yes.
1: Hello. Oops, no, no, that's all right. I'm muted and unmuted. Go ahead. (laughs)
0: Hello, Walter. Hello.
1: Um,
0: uh, I have a friend who uh, had a criminal matter uh, DA coming after them for um, something from the county that brought the case in the name of people of the state of California. And she looked up the actual law code or whatever, and it's supposed to be the people of the state of California. Brought that up in her next paperwork, and they actually corrected it. But that little the, it was very interesting because she was going after their status and standing because
4: she's working well, on the state. Well, there's a
3: difference. The states, uh, uh, take a look at the the the. Uh, the state of California, for example, uh, is not registered uh, with the Secretary of State, I believe. And that's true with every state out there.
0: All right, but they bring it in the name of the people. Now, I love the quotes on. Um, uh that uh incorporated entities cannot create affidavits. They have no ability to take oaths, swear to anything, or provide any testimony. And there's a lot of case law on this. An undeniable fact that artificial entities corporations cannot take oaths oaths. They cannot make affidavits. Uh, they're an inanimate object, basically, incapable of voicing an oath, which, you know, is really nice. So when they come at you as the people or the United States of America, that bypasses them being corporate, correct? Well, basically, the anything they use in that
3: capacity, they're coming as you against you as a entity of some kind, which is a fiction. So any fictional entity would have the same requirements.
0: So the people of the state of California would be a fiction. It,
3: does, it doesn't. It doesn't. matter. The thing with is, these are all fictional entities, and the only persons. Think about it. When they when they coming against you, are they using attorneys to represent them, or are they having somebody come in as the people say, "I'm the people, and I'm coming against you." Which one is it?
0: Right, and then the attorneys cannot be a witness right and you have to
3: well yes now yes you you take a look at Trinity versus Pagliaro another one is Porter versus Porter and the statements of counsel orally and brief cannot be entered in as as evidence uh, into a case And the Porter versus Porter which is a North Dakota case simply says that uh, affidavits uh, basically entered uh, I mean even uh, statements written uh, that, that are entered that cannot be entered into evidence. The only thing could be entered in evidence or affidavits was entered with first hand knowledge, sworn to under, under penalty of perjury. But then if the person, or if the attorney does that, they can no longer remain as a attorney. They have to step down from their position as an attorney and just remain as a witness. Uh, and that's per court rules.
0: Uh, witness that needs to be sworn in, but that you could throw out because they're not a first-hand witness. They have to have uh,
3: first-hand knowledge. That's have a have first-hand knowledge. And first-hand if they you do have that, First-hand
0: knowledge. Okay. But they really uh, right.
3: Right. Uh, that's not a first-hand witness. i know first-hand knowledge is different. So it's a have have first-hand okay. knowledge when they come in. If they don't have that, then basically they're just statements of statements of attorney orally or in brief uh, cannot be entered in. As evidence, and that's intrinsic versus Pebrillero, and that that's is in, the same hearsay statements in
4: brief.
3: Uh, yeah, that's that's saying the same thing. They can't do that. Otherwise, any time they make a statement, it's considered to be hearsay. Any time they say something, I object. With this is hearsay. That's how you handle it. Okay. And, or,
0: or
3: or or you can say I object to hearsay, and if the attorney wants to enter his witness, I demand to. Uh, To directly cross examine him or her to verify everything he's saying is true, complete, certain, not misleading under his or her penalties of perjury to be entered into evidence and and hereby confirmed.
0: That's how I say it. Click, click, click. Okay. Uh, Right? And lastly, I went into a case as a pro per. Part of my paperwork was (laughs) not the fiction name and and all that stuff. It's great backing. But, um, you know, I've since learned about sui juris. And I'm just wondering, if you are already in a case, through a couple hearings, is it possible to amend your paperwork to say I'm now pro per sui juris or just sui juris? No,
3: no, 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 no. You don't want to be pro per at all. You want to be sui juris. If you're pro per, then then you're saying you're going to follow attorney rules. You don't want to do that. Now, you don't ah. want to follow, follow really any rules at all because all the statutes, codes, rules, and rules and implementing regulations and policies only refer to public officials, not to living man or woman. It, you
0: know right. That. And I understand uh, proper is improper. So anything,
3: you don't want to have anything to do with it
0: because, well, first of all,
3: you don't understand your statutes. So you go into court and... and Right and uh, the per and the judge says, "Do you understand the charges? No, I don't understand the charges, uh, but I do comprehend
0: them. I'm not in your society or club. So I can't understand.
3: understand. Understand means really stand under. You're not going to stand under them, correct? Because you do comprehend.
0: Correct. Uh, so because, so now, the, question
3: the, the other, is it the other thing is, yeah, the other thing is, uh, I'm not an attorney. I can't make a legal termination. What you're asking for. They cannot force you to make a legal, a legal termination. And if you're in there also in the court, and the judge says, "I'm, a, I'm going to uh, uh, have you have a, a mandatory psychiatric evaluation," because they, they do this with a lot of people that are trying to defend their rights, you say, "You say, in for the record, uh, do you have a med- where is your medical license to make the medical termination? that I need a psychiatric evaluation?"
0: Okay,
3: the practicing, if, if you're practicing you're jurist, without a license.
0: If he's so does that bar you from using case sites or law sites to use against that? Well,
3: you you don't want to use that stuff anyway because all the stuff refers to them. It well, refers to we them. Want to keep you can't. Them under, in their cage. You, so keep in their cage. you keep them in their cage. You keep them in their cage. They can turn around those rulings, statutes, codes, and rules, rules and regulations any way they want to. You don't know what they mean because a) you didn't write it, b) you don't know the persons who did. You so we're we basically operating are. in equity, saying the same thing but not using
0: the. Yeah, exact you're
3: not using their code. You're using you basically trying to make it real simple. You know, in your case, I'm a woman. I have. I have certain rights, okay, I have rights to due process where where, uh-huh. where where are you where why are you violating my due process rights? so why are you doing this? I object to this, I object to that, I object to this. If uh-huh. you don't object, you can't appeal cool. now, now, the best way to do it is if you're familiar with probate law, and ninety nine percent of the people aren't is to be able to switch this over to probate case because the probate case deals with man-to-man or woman-to-woman or, or, or any combination of that, as opposed to administrative court, which are in, which only deals with corporate matters, okay? So so you'll have a much better shake in dealing with probate, and probate, the whole case is done in 21 days. So basically, right. basically you, send out to, you have the affidavit of facts, and then you have the adversarial proceeding, which goes out, and your best way to have it done is to is to send out by the clerk, and so all of the parties have to respond back to the clerk in 21 days. They don't respond to any part or uh, all of it accordingly, uh, under under furniture, Further is ordered all the answers. Then you put a judgment on all the different parties on day 22, and, and the assets are picked up by, by the sheriff or U.S. marshal. Click, click, click. That's how you do it. All right, most people are not familiar with that.
0: I like that and I like what you said. I took notes on it that uh, asking the judge if he's addressing a decedent and if not that we're in the wrong court. Right. Another another off.
3: another one is to show that you're a public official. Now a public official is take a look at four USC seventy two and basically a public official is only operating in the District of Columbia and not in any other state. So they have to prove you're a public official according to 4 U.S.C. 72. They can't do that, okay? If you, if, they want to, if you want to push the argument, you can go past that and demand to see the, where you're being impeached and show your title, your conversation, unless you're reciting, reciting not in the United States, but in the in the possession of the territories of the United States, and then also show uh, where the... Uh, members of the House and Senate voted against you with their names and, and what percentage of the, of the people voted against you and what charges they had for impeachment and what violation of constitutional uh, of the Constitution you violated according to your sworn oath that you're supposed to have. And then, with, right. you know, it goes on and on like that. I'm, not, I'm just spitting off the top of my head just going through you're so,
0: Right, but so a, a elected judge cannot prove he's a public official?
3: Elected judge cannot, actually, a judge cannot prove, a judge cannot prove he's a judge. He, at least a, a um, the judge recently, he has to have, he has to prove, um, as far as being an Article 3 judge, he cannot prove he's an Article 3 judge. And I'll tell you what. If I
0: understand.
3: If you take a look at the requirements for Article 3 judge, Article 3 judge has to, has to have no, no compensation diminished. If he's paying income tax, his, 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 his compensation is to be diminished. He's not qualified as Article 3 judge.
4: Now, there are Article 3 courts, but there are no Article 3 judges.
0: Right, right. And there are courts of record but only if you invoke them properly. Right. Two courts of records. Right. Right. So um I hope that answered a question. All on. right. Well last lastly, lastly it, it is can as you're going through a case and i have had a couple of hearings, can you go can you amend the record if you go well, wait, quote
3: but and go through Can you slow down everything become all became all muddled and I couldn't understand a word of it. I'm sorry. Just a, uh, as
0: yeah, you're going, going along that. in a case You've already had a couple hearings. Have you been in pro-per? Can you go back and amend the record and switch to sui juris that far along? Well, you you should be
3: able to do that, and you can do rescind your your signature as a pro-per, I believe.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you. All right.
1: All right. So I think that's it. That's our last caller. And so we're going to go ahead and end the show, but before I do, if you guys, if you want coaching with Walter, you got situations like the kind that have been described on the show tonight, and you need help with it, um, contact us at youhavetheright.com, and uh, we'll get you on the phone with him and see if there's anything that can be done. So... All right, Walter, I think that's going to do it. Good. So thank you for being here, and everybody else, thank you, and good night. Okay, good night. God bless ten four.
6: <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered com. It's
5: my little escape.
6: Now Judy's the life of the party.
5: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
6: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>